recording from my mother's basement like the true blogger I am. You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast with your hosts, Olsen and Gio. Hey, Jeffrey. Yeah? I know you don't gamble, but like, you ever go on some websites and a pop-up appears and it says, um, you can win a million dollars. Yeah. And a million dollars doesn't sound that bad, does it? No, I wish I could win a million dollars, pay off my student loans, buy a car, buy a house, you know, use some, yeah, I need some money right now. I could use some money. I mean, to be honest, if you came by, I was like, hey, you want a dollar? I'll take a dollar right now. But, you know, we're digressing. Um, so sometimes, you know, when you look at the, you get these pop-ups for, for a million dollars, they say you got to play a, a casino game. And the usual yeah. one is slots, right? And um, can you imagine slots in your head right now, Jeffrey? Slots? Like nickel slots? A uh, nickel, dollar, dime, whatever. Just slots in general. Yeah. And um, when it comes to slots, you usually try to get, you know, three in a row, right? Like across the line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes if it depends on, like, the theme of what you want. Sometimes it's, like, the fruits one or, like, I don't know, Egyptian. The cherries? Milk. Cherries, yeah, the cherries or whatever, cherries, right? Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not a gambler. I wouldn't know. But, you know, all of them have their own special little thing. But there's always one that's in basically all slots from what I've seen. And um, it's usually the best prize. You, you know where I'm going with this? So you say you're not a gambler, but you say you've seen this before. You talk about slots like you know what it is. So you're clearly not a gambler, right? <laughs> okay, as a kid, I, I went to Las Vegas and like, I don't know, I've walked through casinos in As a kid, you went in? Okay. Yeah, you know, I've been to, I've been to like casinos in my life. Dude, they've got great cheap buffets you need to understand <laughs> they've got a great affordable buffets not and anymore not anymore if you've seen my belly you know i'm a fan of ge- good cheap buffets <laughs> well i i don't i can't see you right now since uh, we're not recording you know side by side this time we're actually back in, in our own cities again all right with that being said you know we, we've talked about this for two minutes and the big one i want to talk about is that it's usually the sevens you know the sevens are usually like the big jackpot i don't know why yeah. but it's always the sevens and yeah. it's um, episode seven for us. You know, we've done this for seven yeah. episodes. I, I'm, I'm surprised we made it seven. <laughs> um, well, yeah. And like I mentioned before, you know, seven's is a lucky number. So we're going to be talking about luck today, right? Is that is that our plan? Yeah, we can talk about luck. I mean, I just saw we, our first episode reached a hundred. It just passed a hundred views. So thank you, listeners. I wonder yeah, how many of those were just actually just me and you clicking it to make sure everything was working first. But you know. It's still 100 views. So, yeah, I'm happy about that part. But, yeah, let's talk about some uh, luck. or I think we should talk a bit, a bit more recent first, though. Yeah, we'll start with a bit more of a, a sadder topic. Yeah, so some people weren't so lucky today, right? So in the NFL, they've got Black Monday, right? You know what I'm talking about. When it's, hey, the playoffs are set, and then you see a whole bunch of coaches get let go. Yeah. Um, You know, since because the NHL doesn't, play on a specific day every every week you know there's games on mondays tuesdays wednesdays thursday fridays right so there's no real black monday it just it kind of comes and goes if you know what i mean yeah and i guess last week has not been pretty for a lot of these coaches yeah, or leagues for that matter, but that's another. Oh, that's that's, a, that's another a, day. Yeah, that's a long one. We're gonna talk about maybe that you know in the summer or something, or even after the CWHL season is over. We're not talking about it. It's already over. CWHL season's over already. 
Uh, there you go. Clearly, we need week. to do prep for this, so clearly we're not ready to talk about clearly this. You, oh, yeah. Okay. Um. So you know, there's been three coaches that's been fired. You know, there's uh, Bob Ugner, Phil Housley, and Willie Desjardins uh, from yeah. the Panthers, Sabers, and Kings, respectively. And you know, it sucks. You know, they they move their families over to get to 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 whoever they're working. I mean, no one expects to be there for two months and leaves. And I guess they gotta find a new job, and of course that sucks. But you know, a lot of these had to be had to happen, man. Like if you look at the Sabers, oh, they were amazing to start in a ten game win streak. We were thinking that they would easily lock in for the playoffs, and then they didn't. The Kings, they were supposed to be a wild card team, and they didn't. The Panthers. They're supposed to be a bubble team, you know. They've got a bunch of pretty good players. You know, you got Barkov, Huberdeau, Ekblad. That goes a little, little shaky with Luong and Reimer. But they're expected to make the playoffs. Well, at least compete for the playoffs. And they didn't. I mean, are you surprised by any of these firings? I'm not. I am a bit surprised about the Bob Booner one. Just because the last episode I said he was going to be an assistant coach on the Team Canada for the World Championship. So I was a bit surprised. Um, I guess instead of Black Monday, we'll call it Sad Sundays, eh? Sad Sundays. We're recording on a Sunday. I mean, now now they don't, now Bob Booner is all the time in the world to be an assistant coach. It's not like he's busy doing anything else. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, I was a bit surprised with Bob Booner just because I don't know, Florida just Last year, too, they just seem to, like, run out of luck a lot. Of course, it's t- today we're talking about luck, but the Panthers, they, they have a solid team. It's just they need some goaltending. Um, Luongo is just, he's just getting older and older. And uh, they're the new guy they have in their system, Samuel Montembeau. Montembeau's um, all right, but he's definitely not ready. That's the thing. You know, Montembeau, he's... Yeah, but, I mean... He's like they're Florida. I think they're almost there. I don't know if firing Bob Bugner was the right thing, but I mean, if the reports are right that um, John Quinville is thinking about going to uh, Florida, then I guess it makes sense that you want to you rather have Coach Q than Bob Bugner. So I was just a bit surprised with that one. I think Phil Housley, the writing was on the wall, kind of. Oh yeah, and, yeah. I mean, yeah, and Willie Desjardins was more of like an interim head coach, right? So, yeah. I mean, for your Kings, I didn't really agree that they're a wild card team. I think the writing was on the wall for them too that they were gonna have to start to rebuild soon. So I thought, I thought they'd be a wild card team. Like I'm, I'm, you know, ideally in my head, it would've been great if they were the number one seed. But we we all kind of knew that wasn't happening unless like everyone overperformed and Ilya Kovalchuk is a, is a fifty goal scorer. But you know that didn't happen. I thought they could be a wild card team. Right? They sneak in and then get destroyed, yeah. and then yeah, next year I have to tear down. But so, do you mean exactly what happened to them last year when they made the playoffs and then got swept by the Knights? Yeah, but at the same time, you know, I'm I'm not an old guy. I'm not a young guy either. Right? I'm not a kid, but I'm an old guy. But I still remember when they were the eight seed, beat the Canucks, that were the number one seed, and won the cup. And I think for a lot of Kings fans, that's they're all right with that, you know. They're happy being an eight seed because they know they've seen it happen firsthand. That just because you're an eight seed, as long as you get some quality goaltending, some quality forward and defense play, you have a chance to win the cup. Yeah, I guess, but I think right now the Kings are 
they're on they're on the fence, but they're on the wrong side of the fence. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they're on the wrong end there. They're going down the hill a little, but it sucks, you know. Um, there's not a lot in the system either. But that's what happens when you've been a playoff team for a while, right? You you just sacrifice your draft picks to keep it keep on going. You yeah, know what? The faster true. you start rebuilding, I guess, the faster you start winning again. You can look like that. But my okay, so you mentioned earlier about Bog Bugner too, and my issue is, is I I don't know what the Panthers could have done. They just could not play defense. Like, look at the plus minus for the entire team. That was disgusting. And well, I think that's what they're, that's what they're they're. It's I think it's more from their goalies more than like anything. I mean, you have Alexander Barkov who's already playing a third of the game. And he's honestly, I think he's he should win the Selkie this year, or at least he's a dark horse for the Selkie. Um, but I think it's just they just need to save, and you know, hopefully they get a maybe Luongo retires, maybe they get a free agent goalie, trade for a goalie, something. I think that's all they really need, right? That's like kind of like the Islanders last year, right? They couldn't buy a save, and then this year they got Robin Leonard, Thomas Grice playing out the like playing like number one goalies, and they're in the playoffs, so I think that's all Florida needs. They didn't really need a new coach. I mean, Barry Trotz in uh, New York kind of helped them out, but I think, I don't know if Bob Boudner firing was the right choice, but, I mean, if you get Coach Q, right, you might as well get fire your own, own guy, right? I mean, my, I like that you brought up um, goaltending. So the rumor is that Sergey Bobrovsky's a coming to Florida. Um, But what do you do with goaltending? You know, Luongo has made it very clear that he's not retiring this year. Can you LTR him? I don't... You know, it'd be very obvious if they LTR'd him. And, you know, it's something that they definitely need to talk about in the next CBA, but it'd be very obvious. Do you you trade him? But, you know, if everyone knows you have a three starters or 1A, 1B guys there kind of have trouble trading him and maybe Reimer, but do you really want a 40-year-old goalie as your backup and without, you know, a strong backup? You want to, like, there's, there's a lot to consider there. Well, I mean, like what Peter said a couple of episodes, right? You know, trade Reimer to the Leafs, you know, <laughs> if the Leafs need a backup. Um, but I mean, Probably Lu- even if Luongo's the backup, he'll probably be injured half the season. So you have Montembeau as the backup, and then if Bobrovsky does go to Florida, he's just starter there. And I don't think I think Luongo doesn't want to retire, but that doesn't necessarily mean he wants to be a starter still. I don't like. I can see him still enjoying that role, being in a backup, living in Florida right now. So I don't think he he'll mind that, but. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Florida's a tough, tough situation. I mean, they, they've, they like, when you look at their team, they have a really skilled team. It's just, it's their goalies. It's, it's the people in net right now, I think, for them. But I'm wondering when they were, you know, in the free agent recruiting, um, I wonder what the pitch was to Reimer. Was it, hey, you know what? You're, you're going to take the reins when Luongo retires. That's why they offered him a five-year deal. Yeah. Well, if you get a guy like Bobrovsky now, kind of broke your promise to the kid, don't you? 
Well, that's why you trade Reimer before July 1st. And then that way, that way, that's a risky proposition. Let's say this has all just been a ruse and they get rid of Reimer. And Bobrovsky's like, ah, you know what? Columbus is pretty nice. I'm staying. And now you have a 40 year old starter who hasn't been the most durable guy as your starter. Well, then you let you let Montem both uh, develop in in the big leagues. Then that's what I would say, right? Ah, I mean, the Carter Hart. Maybe, maybe the Carter Hart of uh, of twenty nineteen twenty twenty. But uh, I don't know. I think we're going off topic here. I mean, we were talking about these coaches here, and you know, I gotta feel bad for people who lose their jobs. Man, there's quite a few openings. I think this uh, going into the off season, there's gonna be quite a few openings uh, for coaches. Um, I mean, we've got. You know, Florida now needs a new goal uh, coach. Buffalo needs a new coach. LA needs a new coach. And then you can't forget, the Sens and the Ducks also need a new coach. If I'm a coach, if I'm a head coach, yeah. the Sanders gig is probably like down, like the least, least attractive gig for me. Is it not? I mean, the Kings one is pretty unattractive too because you're on the wrong end. And I, I totally get it. But... The Sens one definitely is the one where you're just like, yeah, no, I'll rather just go to NCAA instead. Yeah. I don't want to deal but with I that mean, owner. I mean, you got exciting prospects and everything, but you don't want to deal with that. That's true. I mean, at least the Senators, you know, that job's not going to be like you're helping kids develop. So, I mean, if they develop quickly, like some of the rebuilds we've been seeing, like re- like the Toronto rebuild is pretty quick. The Rangers rebuild looks like it's going to be a very quick retool and they're going to be contending again. So, I mean, the Senators position isn't too, like the Senators head coach position doesn't seem too bad of a, for like a job. But I mean, there's quite a few openings. And I mean, like, it's surprising that there's so many openings for coaches this year. You know who I think would be a great guy in Ottawa, but like is currently employed by a different team? I think Torts would be great for Ottawa. You know, he has a track record oh. of developing these younger guys because they're afraid of them. But the thing is, like, is that the mindset and environment you want to create? Well, I mean, the Blue Jackets, if they get swept in the first round by the Capitals, then, you know... <laughs> Maybe Torts will not have a job, and then you get Torts. I don't know. I I think like it's it's gonna be interesting to see which coaches go where in the carousel. Um, but I mean, there's still a couple of teams that I don't, I'm not too sure about their coaches. I mean, like Minnesota, that Bruce Boudreaux, he just they've had a rough season there in Minnesota. So I don't know about if he's gonna stay in. There's been rumors saying that he might uh be let go, and then there's Edmonton, right? We talked about how Ken Hitchcock, he was uh, kind of interim head coach just for this year. And then his, he's got a weird contract where he's supposedly going to be like an advisor next year. Or he's he's still with the organization, but he doesn't have a, like a permanent role. So I, I'm curious if, you know, um, when Edmonton finds a new GM, are they going to hire a new coach? Or is Ken Hitchcock going to stay on board with the Oilers? I'm wondering, you know. Which former player from the '80s is going to get that role? Well, I mean, like when you li- like I listened to um his exit interview today, and Hitchcock seems pretty, like you know, 
pretty down to stay in Edmonton. I mean, he's from Edmonton originally, so... Yeah, but did Hitchcock play in the 80s? Did he play in the 80s when they were in their glory years? Because that's all that matters. I don't think he ever played in the minors or or in the NHL, to be honest. Then he can't be coach. He can only be an intern coach because he didn't play in the 80s when they had their glory years. And that's all that matters. But yeah, you know how like every GM likes their own coach. And honestly, they, they do have a coach right now under coaching. They do have an assistant coach under coaching staff who does. They actually have two coaches, assistant coaches, who have head coaching experience. Can you name them? I cannot. <laughs> I actually did. Like, I was doing this for another, for another piece. But there are a lot of former NHL coaches who are still working as assistant coaches. So in Edmonton, do you remember um, former Calgary Flames coach Glenn Gulletson yep. throwing the stick around? He's in Edmonton right now, and I think they had thought he would eventually maybe take over Todd McClellan, yeah. but they brought in Ken Hitchcock. So, I mean, he could come up to be a, uh, the head coach. They also have this other guy, uh, Trent Yanni, who Never. used to be the head coach for Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I think he was only for a short stint, like half a season, but you know he's got the head coaching experience. So, I think it's going to be curious in Edmonton if they're going to hire a new head coach, but I think their first priority is definitely getting a new general manager first. Huh. It's like hockey is an old boys club where basically once you get hired once or twice, you're in there forever. It's not like that. Definitely not. Yeah. They definitely hire people on merit, not because of their name. No. (laughs) Well, I mean, you kind of look at the, the teams that, uh, are looking for a coach Florida I mean they've hired Dave Talon twice and it looks like they're going to try to bring in a Dave Talon connection so that's a boys club <sighs> Buff- I don't know if Buffalo is really a boys club they're kind of just going after anyone who's uh, who's had recent success in 2016 that's how they got Phil Housley and um, uh, Jason Bonner <sighs> they got they just went for whichever teams were in the Stanley Cup final picked from their, their management groups uh, LA's got what Luke Robita- Robitaille and um, Rob Blake. That looks like another boys' club there. Um, and Anaheim, I just want to point out but... that. Um, do you remember who drafted Phil Housley? Uh, Phil Housley. I'm trying to think where he played for. I know he was a defense Buffalo. Let me answer that. Buffalo drafted him. Who who drafted him? Buffalo drafted Phil Buffalo. Housley. And then they hired him as their head coach. Well, I mean, like it's more because he was actually a good coach. I think. I, Maybe it wasn't I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit of boys' club there, and LA is definitely yeah. a boys' club with Luke Robitaille and Rob Blake. I'm, I'm be honest. Uh, LA is the LA is the Edmonton South. Yikes! Let's not go there. <laughs> all right, we didn't even get those first overall picks. Don't call us a boys' club like that. But yeah, I mean. We'll see how this goes in the summer. I mean, maybe they'll start even hiring now because there are quite a few coaches that um, are on the market, especially Coach Q out there. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where the coaches go. You know, if you need a job, be an NHL coach. There's job opening. I think a lot of it comes down to luck too. Like if you, you know, sometimes people just get hired as head coaches because of luck. Sometimes it's has to do with their coaching experience sometimes has to do with um, who they know. But I think, you know, a lot of it does come down to luck. I feel like Paul Maurice probably 
still his job because he's lucky. I don't think what he's done has been overly spectacular, but I think part of it does come to luck. And, you know, speaking of luck, lucky number seven. Well, Bob, yeah, finish well, your point. Paul Maurice, is actually, Paul Maurice is actually so unlucky. Like, I mean, last year was the first year he finally had a goaltender. I mean, if he, if he had a goaltender anywhere he he coached, he would always have a job. I think that's why he's so gets hired. They all, a lot of management groups understand that Paul Maurice had a goalie, like he had last year with Hellebuck. He would have had like a job. He would have like a stable job. But you know, but yeah, let's go back to the luck part of this uh, episode. So we're just kind of reviewing the 2018-2019 season and a couple of episodes we talked about in the playoffs you have to be lucky so we're just looking around seeing which teams were the luckiest or like the unluckiest teams this season and kind of our two big stats that we looked at were um, PDO and injuries so also would you like to describe to us what a PDO is? PDO stands for nothing did you know that Jeffrey? PDO doesn't actually stand for anything it's not an acronym or anything. I'm sure. I'm sure it stands for something, does it not? A PDO does not actually stand for anything. It should have some, maybe PDO. No, oh, really? um. So basically, when it comes down to PDO, I believe it. I think it is PDO. I, I know there's one stat that's. This is the reason why it's named, but I'm pretty sure it's PDO. Um, PDO basically had to do with, um, what was it? It was actually from video game forums. Um, so yeah. I don't, you don't play a lot of video games, but you've heard of Counter Strike, right? So yeah. yeah, it just comes from Counter Strike forums. It doesn't actually stand for anything. And I, I'm digressing a little bit, but PDO is actually just even strength shooting percentage plus even strength save percentage. So one offense, one defense, and it's on a scale of. Zero to I think it's like one thousand, one thousand whatever it's it's hundred or one hundred fifty something like that. It, it, it could be it could be anything. Yeah, it really. Be the, anything. Oh, yeah, the only big number that you really need to know is that one hundred, and that generally is what it should be, and that means you're okay luck. So generally, any number over I think it was one hundred two point five means that you've had a really lucky year, and you're not as good as your stats means uh, up here. And 98 means, or 98 or lower is usually that, hey, you know what? You just had a rough year and it's not really your fault. And um, a great example would be, you know, if you had 60 shots and you had a 1% um, shooting percentage on even strength, generally it's not your fault. You know, it's probably not your shooting skills. It's more just, hey, you know what? You're a little unlucky this year. So, I mean, it really does show some, some sort of luck. But it does have its flaws. You know, it, it is a rather simple calculation, but it's a relatively easy way to calculate. So with my little, I don't know, 45-second explanation out in the world, what do you have about PDO, Jeffrey? Well, I just thought it was interesting to like kind of look at like the top forward and top defenseman. And these were just stats from... Um, that we just looked through Hockey Reference, their website. But um, I think the most interesting to look at is um, when you look at the top defenseman, it's Ron Hainsey has the highest PDO of a 10.45, which I'm kind of laughing because I remember a couple, we talked about you know plus minus before, right? And Ron Hainsey was number one a couple weeks back. He's not anymore. I think Giordano 
finish with the highest uh, plus minus. And it kind of makes sense, right? Like plus minus should kind of relate to PDO, right? If, if you have a high shooting percentage and you, uh, don't even strength and you have a high save percentage, so that increases your PDO, your plus minus should go up. So, I mean, Ron Hainsey, 1045, which, you know, is pretty good. Finished at a plus 30. So, of course, he had the highest highest one. And then when you look at the other end of the scale, um, Buffalo, Rasmus Ristolainen, who I guess they still think he's a top two defenseman. And he had he actually had the lowest PDO. And this is based on, like, people who actually played a lot of games. Not people who just played, like, one or two games. So I what's the benchmark the you point use to, to calculate? I think it's, like, if they played at minimum 40 games for um, that team. So, like, Rasmus Ristolainen played more than 40 games. And he was a 965 PDO, which... It's it's not the greatest, but he's also last in plus minus. And uh, do you know who's second last in plus minus there? Before before we go there, awesome. before we go there, um, yeah. so you mentioned how Ron Hainsey is on one hundred four point five PDO, right? Yeah. Do you know that's actually not his highest PDO ever? He's had a higher. He's had PDO. a higher PDO. I am not kidding. 104 should be extremely high already, right? Because the easiest way to really consider is when you. I'm gonna get a little technical here. It's how many, how many, what, how many, not sigmas. It's how many. Oh no, I can't. I can't think of the word on top of it. It's late. Crap. Um, Jeffrey, don't you know talk about with the stats when it's like one thing, two thing, two things from the from the mean. What? You just completely like, no. Standard deviations. Standard deviations. There you go. It's how many standard deviations it's supposed to be. So um, so for the people who are not as much of a stat nerd as I am, basically by three sigmas, 99.5 sigma standard deviations, 99.5% of the test subjects are generally going to be considered. So... Basically, what I was trying to say is at 102, that's just two standard deviations. It should be around 90, 99%, I think. Um, so basically, you're in the not, top 99% if you have 102. So at 106, you're generally at, I would say you're probably at 99.999% of people. Um, so Can I break your bubble? Yeah, go break my bubble. <laughs> PDO is not based on standard deviations. Is it not? I always thought it was on standard deviations. <laughs> no, it isn't. Well, that completely just made me sound like an idiot there. <laughs> I was trying to think where you're going, but I was like, no, I, I always thought it was on standard de- deviations. No, it's just, it makes sense, right? At even strike, your shooting percentage plus your save percentage should equal about a thousand, right? Yeah. Because does that make sense? It's not an actual mean. One like one hundred or one thousand is not a mean, and then you have standard deviations away from it. It's just save percentage. You said it before. You explained that shooting percentage plus save percentage. There's no standard deviations. You at know all. what? I think I'm actually correct. Are you? Yeah, no, it's PDO. on a normal distribution, right? So at one hundred three, you're about you're about three standard deviations away. No, wait, no, like. PDO, as in we're talking about the shoot save percent, like this. Sh- okay, we we clearly should have uh, figured this out. 
But no, that's PDO. Is it? No, no, you're right. No, you're right. Now I thought you think about it. No, I'm completely wrong about this. So with that being said, Jeffrey. Um, so okay, let's go back Rod to my question. Russell line in yeah. minus 41. And I actually do know who is second last. At a minus 34. <laughs> it is Drew <laughs> Doughty. Am I correct? Yeah, I just wanted to add that Kings connection for you since I had Ron Hainsey, my Leafs connection. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it does make sense to like, you know, your, your PDO and your plus minus kind of correlate a little bit, yeah, but it's course. more of like the long term. So I, I just thought that was interesting. But, you know, I, we compiled a list of, you know, the top player, uh, like the PDO for each team while they're on that team. And, you know, we found some interesting names, which uh, I guess we could kind of talk about. I mean, I think the three names that interested me the most, who were the worst on their team, and this is still based on our um, that benchmark of playing minimum 40 games, Ryan Getzlaff, Evgeny Malkin, and uh, Matt Barzell. These guys are, you know all-stars and they actually have the lowest pdos on their teams for the ducks uh the pens and the islanders respectively okay with barcel uh, so it's definitely luck for me it, it it just doesn't make sense you know looking at guys like leonard people will say hey you know what maybe he's actually consideration for best enough he played more and he kept up the same stats so it's definitely that's luck but for me gets laugh is the one i'm saying i'm thinking Maybe he's just regressing, and he's just not taught. He's not that elite group of players anymore. Yeah, for sure. And I think with Barzell, I mean, his shooting percentage last year was twelve point nine. This year, it's ten point one. So, like, he's had a drop in that shooting percentage. But I think the big thing, and like with Robin Leonard and uh, Thomas Grice and Islanders, I you would think his PDO would be a little bit better, but it's just surprising. But I mean, I think the entire Islanders team had good PDOs. They were a good team this year, so maybe it just he just happened to be the lowest because everyone else was got super super lucky compared to him. But I agree with you, Ryan Getzloff kind of he's starting to you know um, slow down a little a older, and you know the style he plays it is it is physical, right? And your body is can't always handle that, you know. It it showed, you know. He's he hasn't played an eighty two game season since twenty eleven. You know, he played yeah. seventy seven, seventy seven, seventy seven for a while, but you know, it hasn't done that well. You know, his plus minus has not been pretty. Um, minus nineteen this season, but the shooting percentage, you know, he he's shooting better than he did last season. You know, this season it's ten and a half percent. Last year was nine point four. So. You know, his PDL was fine last year. You know, last year it was 103, and now it's 97. Um, you know, maybe it's hiding the how exactly how bad he was last season. You know, it just looks worse than it actually is because he was uh, he was exceptionally lucky last season. Now he's exceptionally unlucky this season. So it just it's two major contrasts, but at the same time. Part of it is when you. This is what happens when you ride your goalie, like what Anaheim does. Well, I mean, it's also the fact Getzlaff hasn't been getting the best line mates, right? It's not his even strength shooting percentage. It's like the players he's playing, like his when he's on the ice, right? That that on ice shooting percentage, and he's played with guys like he hasn't played with, with Raquel that often. I mean, when uh, I think they've played basically on different lines most of the year, but he's been playing guys like Daniel Sprong, 
couple times with like Nick Ritchie, like when I've watched Ducks play. So he hasn't had the best line mate. So I think that's kind of why his um PDO dropped a little bit. But I don't know. I just thought it was interesting to see, especially and Malkin too. I mean, I guess Pittsburgh has been doing the greatest this year either. I mean, they only finished third in their division. Normally you see them, you know, at least second, always behind the caps, but then they beat the caps normally. So I just thought there were just three interesting names there that I wanted to point out that we're just the lowest under teams for some reason. So I don't agree with you, you know, saying that Nick Ritchie is dragging out his PDL because, you know, I looked at your research. Nick Ritchie's the highest, that's the highest PDO over the entire team. Oh, true. Well, maybe he didn't play. Well, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'll pick another name. I was just trying to think of, you know, forwards that Ducks have that don't really score. Daniel Sprong. Like, Daniel Sprong was also the lowest in um, Pittsburgh as well when he was in Pittsburgh. So, you know, I I did pick and choose what I wrote. But at the same time, you know, it's not just – it's I, I wouldn't just blame, you know, Nick Ritchie because it's clearly not – it's not right. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I mean, actually, no, you know what? I take that back. I forgot. No, Raquel and Getzlaff played a lot to get her, but then Raquel had this really bad shooting percentage this year, so that's yeah. why I fell down. Sorry, I just mixed up the names. So, yeah, you know, I mean, like PDO, we're just talking about luck right now. I mean, things change. It's all, like, it could hit, go off the post and go out, or it can hit off the post and go in. Like, we're picking at really many thing, little things, and it's, it's all about luck here, so... I think we can move on to some other. Uh, you, you know the one the one name I actually was actually sorry to cut you off there, but one name I, I was very yeah. interested to see and see how just exactly how bad he of a PDO season he's had. Yeah, Patrick Line. Patrick Line. Yeah, he. It's been ugly. You know, he's got ninety eight point nine uh, on the PDO, and his shooting percentage is way down. So last year it was eighteen point three. Seasons. It's down at twelve point two, and you know I you got to give some credit to Paul Maurice. You know he's really tried to make some favorable situations for Patrick Line. So this year, you know his zone starts on the offensive zones were sixty percent. So three out of five, he's on the offensive zone and he's ready to score a goal or contribute offensively. And he he just hasn't. You know the advanced stats are are ugly. You know you take apart the take away the PDO. You know his his Corsi is is out is pretty bad. You know, it's a forty six point two. His Fenwick's at forty six. You know, he's he's struggled this year, and I I don't know what to say. You know, is is it his PDO or is he just not as good? Like the teams have started to figure out what his bread and butter is. Well, I mean, like, okay, I, I think in the end we were, like, we are talking about, like, the shooting percentage and everything. I mean, like, there's more to the game than just the shooting percentage, but I think But right we now, mean with Patrick Liney, his, his bread and butter is the shooting, right? Yeah. No one says, hey, I'm excited for Patrick Liney's stick work on the defensive zone. It's, hey, I'm excited for Patrick Liney to just rip one from the dot. Yeah, I mean, he still hit 30 goals this season, so I think... Or he you might be going did, too hard on him. He did, but at the same time, you know, it's a drop from forty-four, and he he had eighteen more penalty minutes this season. Um, you know, again, his assists are down, and I'm not on the train of saying it's because he plays too much Fortnite. 
No. I, I no, I'm like not you? even gonna go there. It's just the like stupidest you? argument. I'm not even gonna go there with this argument. But my point is yeah, you could partly blame his luck, and I do think a part of it is luck, but is it maybe they're starting to figure out Patrick Line? I mean, it just there's like a ninety five percent chance I'm just overreacting here. <laughs> I, I think so. And also I mean Hellebuck hasn't had the greatest season. I mean I think the biggest indicator to look at is that he had plus seasons his first few years in the NHL. This year, he was a minus 24. So I think that's pretty telling. I mean, how we talked about how PDO is really correlates with the plus minuses. So, I mean, I think we're reading too much. It could just be an offseason. Hellebuck had an off, hasn't been making saves that he made last year. So I think that could be one of the reasons why. I mean, Hellebuck was like an elite goalie last year. That's that's without a doubt. You know, he, he was second in Vezina voting. Yeah. But this year, he's gone back to being a regular goalie. You know, 9-13. Well, I wouldn't percentage. say regular. I mean, he's led in the most goals this season out of any goalie, I think. He's faced the most shots this season. So, I think it's... Yeah, okay. So, But then the assumption is if you face more shots, you're going to let in more goals. But you know if the puck hurts sometimes, maybe he just want, doesn't want to give he hit by the puck as much, so he lets in a couple more goals. You and I both know that's the dumbest argument you've ever made. <laughs> but yeah, and you know it. I don't need to say it. I know I you know, know it. I know. But you know, like I think PDO, PDO, it's like you have some effect on it, but you have there's um there's eleven other players on the ice with you, so everyone kind of like. It's 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 a luck stat. I don't think we need to look too much into the PDO. I mean, the shooting percentage is down, but I mean, it ebbs and flows throughout a player's career. So, I mean, maybe goalies are figuring out figuring him out, but he's still hitting thirty goals. I think that's good enough for him. But all right, speaking about players, you know, you're talking about the PDOs. Let's talk about teams. Yeah. So you know, when you were talking, looking at your research, there was one team that did stand out to you. Yeah. Um, I think the big one was so we looked at team PDOs, right? Like the top, the top team, uh, top the teams with the highest PDOs. You know, they're playoff teams, right? The Islanders, the Capitals, the Lightning, the Leafs, and the Penguins. I wonder if PDO if there's an Eastern bias as well because I don't that all those teams are in the East. But when you look at the the teams in the uh with the lowest PDO. I'm, I'll name the bomb five, and there's just, you know, one of these things just don't belong here, like that Sesame Street song. So the bottom five are the Wild, the Panthers, the Devils, the Sabres, and the Sharks. Also, which one doesn't belong there? The Sharks. Yeah. You you can speak more about Martin Jones. I mean, I think he was on your fantasy team, and I think you've had a the most frustrating goalie I've ever seen in my life. I'm I like I, I remember reading a stat that most of the games he started this season, he's led the goal in the first five minutes. Yeah, it's really hard for your team and very demoralizing your team to always be playing down. Yeah, you know, being down a goal, it's very frustrating. I mean, I what can I say? You know, he I, I still think he is a starter. Yeah, lower tier starter, but he's still a starter. Um, shout out the Kings for uh for for developing him. Um, <laughs> but it's it's very frustrating. 
And this team isn't built for a second round exit, right? They're no. built for the cup. Yeah. Um, I would say a team like, like Montreal is built for a second round exit. Or, yeah. or, a, or a Colorado is built for a second round exit. Um, I might even say the Leafs or for a third round exit. You know, uh, I wouldn't go there <laughs> if I were you. Yeah, I'm not gonna open the can of worms, but you know, the Sharks are built. This is their time, right? And I, I don't know if Martin Jones is is the goalie for that. Like, I, I mean, he's he's having an off year. I mean, like, maybe maybe he really needed he really needed those big goalie pads. Maybe that's how you that big bulky goalie equipment that's what made him a good goalie maybe i mean he was a nine i think he was a nine sixteen goalie um save percentage goalie um not counting this year and then this year he just comes in with a eight nine six save percentage which is i can tell you that's not good right and i think it, it just seems like it's an off season for him i mean like Unless the goalie pads made that much of a difference, but like just imagine how good San Jose could have done this season if you know Martin Jones played like played like Martin Jones. I mean, he literally faced the same amount of shots this season, but he let in thirty one more goals. So I mean, if you if think, you about, think it, about it, if you think about it, you know we're, yeah. we're talking about how Connor Hellebuck at nine thirteen is causing his team to have trouble. Martin Jones in the last series three seasons is in a nine twelve, a nine fifteen, and an eight ninety six. Could you imagine a Connor Hellebuck on this team? Honestly, they just I think that's what every team needs for the playoffs. You just need league average goalie goaltending and you can make the playoffs. Eight ninety six is not league league average goaltending. I know. And like if you think about it, if okay, let's say he you have Martin Jones from last year on the Sharks. That's 31 less goals. And like we can't say like when he lets in these goals, but he had 62 starts. So that exactly evens up to, you know, half a goal per start. That's already five more wins. So he would have a 41, 19, and zero record. Say that, I mean, he probably, if he lets in a, like, you know, one goal less, two goals less here, I mean, that evens out. But if we were just taking it pure on this average, I mean, the Sharks could, would be, you know, they would be the home team against the Knights for the playoffs. So I I was just surprised the Sharks had such a poor PDO, but I think it's more related to, it's just Jones bringing down their entire team's PDO, I think. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about playoffs in a bit, but just so, you know, I've, I've said on the record that I think that the Sharks are an actual contender for the Cup. And, um, my point is they really, are or aren't they are yes they yeah. are and my reasoning why is that Martin Jones has been terrible this season right we kind of agree 896 isn't cutting it 294 uh goals against average probably isn't going to cut it and last season he was much better you know he was a 915 with a 255 goals against this season Martin Jones has been bailed out by his offense mm-hmm. you know he's had the worst season this year but he's 36, 19, and 5 this season. Last season, with the better stats, he was 30, 22, and 6. Yeah. If he can figure it out in the playoffs, I can totally, totally see it. If he can become an average goalie, just give me that 9, 12 you were in 2016, 2017. Yeah. 
what is there to say that he, they can't win at all? Their offense is clicking. Their offense knows what they're doing. Because that offense is the ones that are bailing him out. Yeah, I agree. And I, I mean, like, we'll talk about the playoffs in a bit. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, the playoffs is going to be a t- different beast. Everyone, you're game planning a lot more. So he's going to know the shooters he's going to face four to seven for four to seven games. He, other teams are also going to be have to do their research. But uh, I think the playoffs are just going to be a different animal for him. And he's got good playoff numbers. So, you know, maybe you might be right. The Sharks might surprise, even though they're the third seed in the Pacific. But I think right, it's interesting. That, yeah, with that being said, you know, we gotta before we continue just dragging this on to different random topics, you mentioned that two stats are interesting to you. PDO and yeah. injury game lost or man men's lost how'd you how'd you man games lost is that how you define today yeah like man games lost or like kind of like you know like when it got they've been tracking like when a person get player gets injured how many games they miss right so i think we we have to say injury is a luck thing because i mean maybe some people might have more fragile bones and muscles but i think in the end it's always about uh, injuries are by, by luck. So when we look at like teams that had the most games, man games lost, we there's, they're mainly like non-playoff teams. You've got Anaheim, who had the most. You've got a couple of teams there, like New Jersey, Philly, and Arizona. And there's also Dallas, who somehow made, where they made it to the playoffs as a wild card. So, you know, props to Dallas. Uh, I, I also think we should, we need to talk about how Arizona did this season too, because they lost a lot of players who like long-term injuries, but they f- basically fought until the last week of the NHL for the playoffs. Okay, but with Arizona, there's a little asterisk to the man games lost. That is there not? Yeah. Arizona for the last couple of years has been acquiring assets by basically just taking on contracts like Dave Boland, right? They just take yeah. like so. When you calculate this, it puts it in as eighty-two games, does it not? Uh, like, what do you mean, eighty-two games? So Dave Boland didn't play a game this season, right? Yeah. Well, so, I think it might like not even count. Is it like it, it doesn't even include Dave Boland and Martin Hosa? I'm not hundred percent sure, but oh, Marin, Marin, Marin Hosa. Yeah, but I don't like. I I'm not hundred percent sure, but I mean, like, you look at the players they've lost for like more than thirty games. Christian Dvorak. Anti Ranta. Oh my! My fantasy team suffered without Anti Ranta. <laughs> I, I you had bad luck with goalies. I did too. Um, Michael Grabner, Jason Demers. I think they all missed over thirty uh, over thirty games. That's a hundred and fifty games between five players who I would say play in your top six or play in your top four or your number one goalie, right? And honestly, like I'm surprised they did so well the season and I, they look like they finally might make the playoffs next year i don't want to jinx it but yeah and like if you look at dallas too they made the playoffs but they've they've had one defenseman who didn't even play a single game for them this season steven johns who was a regular for them and can you tell me how many defensemen they used this season like everyone was talking about philadelphia they used seven goalies this season set a new record do you know how many defensemen dallas used this year I know it's in double digits, but I don't know the exact number. I think it's like the use position around there. Maybe yeah, they use fourteen defensemen, and that's not even including 
defense. John's there. 14 defensemen. That's that's two teams worth of defensemen. That's basically... I wonder if they basically everyone who played on the AHL, who's on like an NHL contract or a two-way contract, played for them this season on their back end. Like, that's rough for them. And they still made the playoffs. And, you know, the thoughts out for um for the rest of the season. John's is out for the rest of the season. That's kind of like two big penalty killers for them. So... They probably won't go far either, but I've just got to say props to, you know, the coaching and management groups in Dallas and Arizona for keeping these teams afloat with uh, all these injuries happening to them. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's it's hard. You don't really get to plan these things, right? Injuries happen when injuries happen. Yeah. And I, I don't know, especially when you're looking at, freak injuries like Grabner's injuries really hard to really it's hard yeah. to really you know there's nothing you can really do about that um the best best thing you can do is to stockpile depth I just, you know if it's yeah. if it's an opportunity to learn anything it's just hey you gotta stockpile depth because you never know what's gonna happen and you know you might just get a freak injury or half your team might decide to be decimated yeah and you know there there's some teams who are actually quite lucky this season Columbus San Jose, Washington, Minnesota, Toronto, Tampa. Those teams had the least men games lost. And most of, all of them, all, most of them made the playoffs. It was just Minnesota who didn't make the playoffs out of that group. But the reason why Minnesota was because another problem with luck. They had the lowest team PDO out of all the teams this year in the NHL. So you can see kind of how luck kind of helps you, hates you every um throughout the NHL season. So I was just kind of curious, like Toronto and Washington have had the fewest, like the top they've been bottom five in man games lost for the last three years. And they've made the playoffs in those last three years. So I, I wonder if like it kind of really shows, right? Like if you're lucky you don't have a lot of injuries, you can make the playoffs. But they it's kind of surprising that there's these teams have, you know, three years of not having that many injuries and do we count that for luck or is that like the medical and training staff or players taking care of themselves better i don't know um you know i genuinely think it it isn't luck um toronto's medical staff has been is one of the tops in the league it's well known you know guys like tyler ennis are taking taking cheaper contracts to come to toronto Maple Leafs because of their training staff and yeah. I, I think that's just if you want better sign of you know it's not luck it's what they have that's it right there and Washington is also very well regarded in the league with the training staff um, I do know that they they take very very serious looks about opportunities to be um, opportunities to not get hurt I couldn't think of the word there but um, yeah and I think that definitely is you know I think they've been in the playoffs so often they've realized hey you know what we've got to keep our guys in tip-top shape these guys aren't playing yeah. 82 games a season a lot of these guys are playing you know 85 86 90 might even be 95 if it's a, if a particularly rough year yeah. um you know these guys are these guys have to take care of their bodies and i think washington realized hey you know what we really have to invest in our organization's medical staff, and they have, you know, they've been able to do that. And I think, again, these two aren't luck. I think if you look at a team like Columbus or, or San Jose, you know, this is the one time thing. Maybe not San Jose, Columbus, that's luck. 
um, you know, they weren't usually they're middle of the pack. You know, they're not usually on the high end. They're like, like Anaheim is. Anaheim's always on the high end. I didn't really understand why. I guess like guys like Kessler don't help having an older team. Yeah. Um, you know, Columbus does have a younger team, and the general rule is younger guys bounce back from injuries quicker. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's that, but at the same time, you know, I think a lot of it does come down to luck. Um, I, I don't know how else to put it. What are your thoughts, Jeffrey? I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Like, I was looking at some of the medical staff. Like, the the well, I mean, there's a lot of people that work for these hockey organizations, but, you know, the ones that they actually put up on their websites. You know how there's been a, like, there's massage therapists on everyone's medical staff. There's team dentists. Well, yeah, the stuff. amount of guys who are needing some some dental work halfway through a game, you yeah. you really need that. Eh? Yeah, there's nutritionists, there's orthopedic surgeons on some of these teams, or like, I mean, I get the dentists, but orthopedic consultants and surgeons, I I mean, I, there's lots of you know ankles and hips and everything, but like, I, I thought it was funny, and then of course the Leafs have a head chef. So, I mean, they don't even have, not just a nutritionist; they have a head chef. So, Most I think that's like probably a, have a head chef. Head chef, to be honest, though. Yeah, for sure. But like, I just thought it's interesting how much teams are now like taking care of players and you know trying to prov- take away that luck portion of injuries. You know, I mean, did you see the the injuries to Connor McDavid on the last day of the NHL? Oh, that that oh no. It looked it looked pretty bad. It almost do you remember when Stamkos hit hit the post before they had the removable gross. So I mean like I guess teams are trying to take away that as mu- they try to reduce the potentials for injuries. So I just thought it was interesting that you see like Toronto and Washington having bottom five and then of course I had to check the senators. I mean this is based on the staff that are pub- publicized by the NHL websites. I mean, they probably have chefs that, and they have like people working for them. But it's just funny to look that um, Ottawa doesn't have an orthopedic consultant, so maybe that's why, or maybe there's not how they just that's maybe that's why they have so many injuries. I don't know. I just thought it was funny to look at that. But um, I think but, you know, I'm, the I'm big fair. thing with you were looking, man sorry game, to cut you off there, but yeah. when you were looking at the man games lost, where was Ottawa? Well, I mean, Ottawa's kind of in the middle, but I think the big thing was for Ottawa. Not a single player in Ottawa played the full 82 games, but I yeah, mean, because that, they were traded and called up because someone else. Yeah, was yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. They're all traded, and you know, they're called up, sent down. But um, nah, I just thought it was interesting. I was gonna say, you know, maybe Ottawa, like you, the richer teams, really do focus more on um, building, not just their team but like the player development part their hockey operations their analytics staff their scouting so i just thought i was i was trying to compare between a team that was a bit richer um focused more on team development and like management of players versus a team that might not put that at the forefront as much so that's why i looked at ottawa to be honest but i never really understood that before before we actually throw one last point before i do this um yeah i never really understood that so let's say you're a team that's you know, very budget-focused, right? Yeah. Why not spend that little extra money to ensure your guys aren't out as often or that you guys are 
you guys are fed you're like with proper nutrition so you can make sure that your guys are out there at 100 percent. you know all these surgeons and staff combined to your budget i can't imagine it being more than like two million dollars you know no way yeah. you know there's no way the chef is making half a million dollars right and I mean, he makes good food. Yeah, maybe. but like, he's not making half a million. He's making maybe like a hundred grand max, right? Yeah. Well, that's instead of having your investment of a player get out long term because they have poor diet and they they're tired, so they're they're more prone to injury. Um, again, I'm not a not a very medical guy, so you might have to tell me I'm going off the, off the rails here again. Yeah. Why not spend that little extra to let's say I don't know have a have a yoga instructor or something to make the guys more flexible so they're less prone to injury or whatever massage therapist you mean? yeah massage therapist you know to yeah. make sure they're not prone to, these little costs ensure that your your best team is there so you don't have to end up overpaying for guys in free agency you know it's definitely not that expensive to bring these guys in you know the support staff not the players of course players are expensive it's those little cheap add-ons not cheap but thrifty add-ons that make a big difference why are teams not considering this well i mean like i'm not the business business guy in this conversation but i think like it's also kind of the mentality of an organization where they think i mean like at the same time maybe they do have all these resources they have all these consultants and we're just um i mean i think most teams have the basics of like you know the trainers the massage therapists the training staff hockey operations and everything like that but some teams are able to go above and beyond based on you know their their uh owners and everything or if the front office you know has uh, that different mentality, but I think most teams have the basics. I think that's been just been a trend in the NHL, where you know after games they're not going out for beers and everything. They're you know taking care of, care of their bodies more. Um, players are understanding; they've been educated already. They they understand that they need to take care of their bodies so that they can play longer, make more money. But yeah, I, I think I just picked Ottawa just because you know I think there would just be a good example. Um, just good comparison to like teams like Toronto or Washington. Besides, they're not going to to bars anymore. They're going to Moxie's, and not the Moxie's. museum. <laughs> oh. But anyway, I think on top of man games loss, I think it's important to look at, um, because it's a different. There's a difference between you know losing an Anze Kopitar for one game compared to losing a. Johnny Brodzinski for 57 games, right? Johnny Brodzinski is an important part of the team. Uh, for a team like the... Sorry, I yelled in the uh, back there. For the, for the team like the Kings, yeah, but on any other team, he'd probably just be uh, uh, an AHL player. But anyway... He is an like, important prospect to the team. <laughs> prospect. There you go. Prospect, not player. But anyway, like I think it's important to also look at how much... like. A player's worth while they're injured, right? So, um, this is based off uh, research done by Man Games Lost NHL. Um, Arizona had lost the most. I mean, we were talking about teams that lost a lot of Man Games, right? Arizona lost twenty five point one points in the standings because of their Man Games loss. 
And I think a big thing of that is from Antti Ranta, right? Like everyone says, your goalie is your most important player in your team. He was worth 9.445 points in the standings lost because he was injured. He because he was out and couldn't play. So I think that's kind of really telling. Like Arizona could have made the playoffs this year. So and I think it was literally just luck. Like if you look at your team, their team has been decimated by injuries. Like Nick Schmaltz comes over from Chicago with the from their Strobe trade, plays amazing, and then boom, season-ending injury right there. Right, anti Ranta couldn't get healthy. Uh, Christian Dvorak didn't play until like February or March. Right, like all these like injuries added up, and that kind of shows like Arizona they. If you add 25, I mean, like for all the other teams, you have to add how many points they lost from their main games lost. But Arizona would have made the playoffs if, you know, all their players were healthy this year. So I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know. What are your thoughts there, Olsen? If I was a betting man, which I'm not, it was very clear early on that I don't gamble. Um, but knows everything about slots and everything, you know, goes to Vegas often. Vegas has great shows. Um, it's not and often. It's once. Relax. Um, but if I was a betting man, I would, I would consider playing some money on Arizona making the playoffs. I wouldn't do it on winning the cup. But I'd say, you know what? There's a there's a, a more than fifty chance percent chance. He they would make the, does the chance go. Playoffs. Does the chance go up when you with your voice? Uh, a little bit higher, uh, maybe fifty-five percent, fifty-six maybe. Um, but with that being said, oh um, no, yeah. I, I do think there is a chance. You know, I think they just had an exceptionally unlucky year, and next year I fully expect them to. I, I, a wild card team, maybe. Um, I would say maybe like a wild card one team. That's more I'd consider where they'd be. Um, I don't think they're gonna be top three in the Pacific. I think it's gonna be no. um San Jose, Calgary. LA, of course. Uh, Vegas? <laughs> uh, no. It's oh gonna be my LA. God. It's going to be LA. Can LA just be the wild card too? No, LA's going to be the number one seed, let's be honest. <laughs> but, oh. you know, with, oh, sorry. With that being said, um, you know, I, I do think they have a chance to be a wild card one team. And, yeah, they were just unlucky. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to put it. It's just been a very unlucky team this year. But, you know, that's kind of what we've been thinking for a long time. You know, Arizona has been bad for so long. It's kind of weird that they make the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Maybe John Chaka's plan has finally come to fruition. So, and they'll eventually make the playoffs. But, you know, anyway, like, we've talked about all this luck thing and talking about the playoffs. And now it's time for the luckiest team to, you know, win the Stanley Cup. And, you know, NHL is the regular season's over ended yesterday, unfortunately. We're, we don't get to watch hockey for a couple of days. I think the if you do want to watch hockey, I think the Women's World Championship is start is on right now. So. We can also, oh, you know what? Um, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about this, actually. I got a little bit of idea after for the end of the show. But yeah, continue okay. where you're going. Uh, but I was thinking, I think it's time that we, you know, predict which team is going to be the luckiest team in so, I just want to take your playoff predictions for the first round, there, Olsen. Yeah, All right. Right. Do, you, do you have your do you have your playoff predictions? All right. I, I so I just, there's a few, there's, right? There, there's eight matchups, right? Yeah. So why don't we go two by two by two by two? So we're not just going all eight first and then all eight for the other person. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. It'll make sense when I start talking about it. So 
First one we're okay. gonna talk about is the Lightning versus the Blue Jackets. Yeah. Lightning. I'm not even gonna have to explain. I shouldn't need to explain this. Lightning. <laughs> uh, second one: Bruins and Maple Leafs. Hard one, but Maple Leafs. I I do think that they're not. Leafs are not probably not gonna win the cup. Um, sucks to say that, but I th- I think we can. They can finally get the the big bad Bruins off their back. Um, I think when it comes down to the games, Leafs in six, Lightning in four. What do you have for these two matchups? I was, I think we should we need when we re listen to this episode. I think we need to see how many times your voice goes and at such a high pitch. Oh, down. Well, we should count that. But uh, for me, Blue Jackets and seven, Leafs and six. I'm. Sorry, what was the first one? Blue Jackets in seven, Leafs in six. Wow, you're trying to find the easiest path for the Leafs to get to the final, aren't you? No, I think Blue Jackets play that playoff hockey that I think could, you know... I mean, they took two games from the Caps last year before they got reverse swept. I mean... I can see Blue Jackets in seven. And Leafs, I think the Leafs are going to exercise their demons and they're going to finish uh, win the game on home ice. So, yeah. Blue Jackets in seven, Leafs in six. Yeah, I'm speechless. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, so let's just move on to the Metro. Capitals, Hurricanes. Uh, I've got to go Capitals in five. I think the Hurricanes will do one storm surge. but that's They're not doing any storm surges in the playoffs. I think they might do. Uh, no, they'll, they'll they, do they said one. they're not doing it. I think it's surprise fans. But yeah, you know, Capitals in five. Uh, Islanders and Penguins. I can't bet against Sidney Crosby. I think it's Pens in seven. For me, it's the Capitals. You know, I think Hurricanes. <sighs> you know, I, th- I think the Hurricanes, you know, had a chance to do something special, but I I, I don't know. The, the Capitals have just too exciting of an offense. And, you know, Brain Holpe will just turn it on in the playoffs. And, I, I yeah, no, I think this is uh, Capitals in, in six. You know, it's it's going to be a hard-fought one, but I don't think it goes seven. Islanders and Penguins, I think this is the hardest one to 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 guess. Um, I think there's one that's a bit harder to guess. No, for me, this is a harder one. Um, yeah. They, yeah, the Penguins have great offense. And the Islanders have great goaltending. And the wild card for me is Matt Murray. Does he play like a superstar? Or does he play like an up and down type of guy? Just like my voice. And depends how he does. You know, he's he's the key to all this. Um, my guess yeah. is he plays like an average, average below average goaltender. And I actually have the Islanders getting this in seven. I saw oh. you were about to say something, Jeffrey. What was it? No, I, was, I, I think it's I, I, it's a tough series, that's for sure. I think it's going to be interesting. I, I wonder if we'll see any bench brawls like circa 2011 Islanders-Pens. But, you know. It's not Islanders. Oh, sorry, it's not uh, Penguins-Flyers. It's Penguins-Flyers? Oh, boy. Oh, no. baby. No, no. Not for the playoffs. Do you remember that time? Um, uh. Who was it? Matt. It was, no, it was like uh, 
Trent Hunter. That they oh, did back I know you're talking about when Brent Johnson ended Rick DiPietro's career. Yeah, yeah. I, was trying to, I can't remember the guy's name, Brent Johnson. Yeah, I, I, I want to see some of that. Some of that playing playoff hockey. That would be amazing to watch. All right, let's move over to the Central. Predators, Stars. Uh, I got to say Preds in uh, five. And Jets versus Blues. I think it's Jets in six. I, I'm just short in speed. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with speed. that. Preds in five, Jets in six. That that sounds perfect to me. Yeah. Uh, and our, our last two, Flames and Avalanche. I think it's going to be Flames in five. And this is my difficult one. Sharks versus the Knights. Honestly, I think this is this is one of the... This, the Knights really went for it when they got Mark Stone at the trade deadline. Sharks went for it when they got Gustav Nyquist. And honestly, I it's a coin flip. It's it's a it's a, it's a Las Vegas type of playoff series where it, it's all by luck. I think it's absolutely gonna be the matchup. The luckiest team wins that matchup because they're both teams are so good. And I can honestly not I can honestly say I do not know who's gonna win. I just know it's gonna go in seven. That's all I can say. It's gonna take seven games Boo. for them to figure out. Boo. Give us an actual Shark Sharks in seven because I think the Knights are win, gonna win all their home games and the Sharks are gonna win all their home games. That's so, what I guess. Uh for me, it's the Flames and Six. Um yeah. I think the yeah, Avalanche snuck in and it'll be nice having Lance Cog back. Um yeah. but Ranton in. Miko Ranton will be back hopefully. Is he back yet? Or uh, he, I, think, I think he's been out for a while. Yeah, I don't think he's back yet, but I do think we'll see a, a Miko Rantanen appearance, some part. He's hopeful for the playoffs. So I yeah. could see him coming in maybe like game two, game three. You know, if if they're in trouble, then maybe a little bit earlier. But um, yeah, yeah. I, it, I, I don't know. I think the Flames do get it this year. Um, and for me, this is an easy one. I said the Sharks were going to win the Cups. So there's no way I was going to say that the Golden Knights are winning this matchup. I think it's the Sharks. And I think it's in five. And maybe it's because I'm a little five. bitter about still about them sweeping the Kings last year. <laughs> Are you just bitter about any team that's beaten the Kings? No, I'm just bitter because the Kings couldn't score a goal to save their life. And, you know, Jonathan sure. Quick played really, really well in the playoffs last season. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I'm just bitter. He was second, right? Yeah. He was second in goaltending stats. Yeah, so like, I really, you really can't it. blame Jonathan Quick for that one. It really just came down to, the, you know, the the Kings not being able to score anything for their life. All right, with that being said, there's one thing I was mentioning. So this has been a very luck and gambling-themed episode, would you say so, Jeffrey? I think... From my point, it was luck. Your side was just gambling. I don't condone gambling. Just FYI, uh, any kids listening, yeah. do not gamble. Um, stay in school, work hard in school, and achieve your dreams. All right, kids. Um, but with that being said, um, so the draft lottery. Oh, you can look at it as gambling, or you can look at it as luck. Um. It's on Tuesday, April 9th, yeah. and they'll be drafting. And, you know, 15 teams that didn't qualify qualify for the playoffs 
will be in the lottery. And um, so basically, the Colorado Avalanche via the Auto Centers have the highest likelihood of the first overall pick at 18.5%, followed by the Kings at 13.5%, the Devils at 11.5%, Red Wings 9.5%, Sabres 8.5%, Rangers 7.5%, Oilers 6.5%, Ducks 6%, Canucks 5%, Flyers 3.5%, Wild 3 Blackhawks 2.5%, Florida 2 Coyotes 1.5%, and Montreal Canadiens at 1% chance of getting the first overall pick. So, this is a little bit of a crapshoot. Um, who wins the draft lottery? I just don't get why they do it before the playoffs. Why, why don't you do the draft lottery after the playoffs? Like, what's the point of it doing so early? I guess it's just that there's that four-day period where there's no games. Is that why? Yeah, I guess days? it's just not in the news cycle, and they're just like, no, we need to be in the news cycle. But you want my pick for... The lottery? Yeah. I, yeah what's your I already know your pick. <laughs> um, I'm going to say it's going to be Colorado by way of Ottawa. I just need to You're see You're going it. with a safe pick? No, I'm going with the pick that causes creates the most havoc. Actually, the pick I will select will cause more havoc. It's not the LA Kings. Oh, what if the Oilers get another first row pick? Oh, that was my second guess. <laughs> How much chaos would that be? I could, I could imagine the NHL just being like, "No more draft lottery." No, I, I, I think they're just pre, they're just, they're not even doing a live lottery. They're just gonna record it regularly, and then if they like the lottery results, they'll air it. If they don't like it, they'll re-record it. I just want to apologize to our listeners who are listening to the headphones, but um. Are you saying there's a conspiracy, Jeffrey? No, I'm not saying... Well, a conspiracy against Edmonton, hopefully, from the NHL. But, you know, I think... Oh, yeah, that Edmonton pick would cause more chaos. I agree with you. Uh, it's not going to be the auto ones. Uh, I thought you were going to say but LA. For, but for Jack Hughes or Capocaco's sake, let's hope it's not Edmonton. Yes, I... Let's hope. Let's not screw up another player's development. <laughs> Well, I mean, they haven't screwed up Connor McDavid's development. They, 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 it was literally impossible to screw up Connor McDavid's development. I mean, Dreisaito. It's literally impossible. Dreisaito, Nugent Hopkins have, you know, they've done okay. I think they've they screwed up Yakupov's. They've only screwed up one player's development. You know, for a little while, for a little while, it looked like they were screwing up their development. Uh, and, I, you know, and I agree with you, you know, they've really turned it around. You know, Taylor Hall, you know, it's more with maybe getting rid of the players right after and it, it's, I guess it's very, you, it's you guess you can say Jesse Pugliarvi isn't his development isn't screwed up he's still young okay no okay you know what I I go back it's Yakupov and Pugliarvi's development they've screwed up those two they screwed up everyone else no. did okay I think I, think, I also think Pugliarvi he, he he they haven't screwed up his development I, I don't I genuinely don't think that I think he is not going to be the all-star he was projected to be but the kid's also 20 years old like it's really it's really not they haven't <laughs> sorry they haven't screwed up his development yet yet <laughs> that's the key word yet i think i think he will be a solid 45 50 point scorer in the nhl in his peak he won't be that 80 82 game, uh, 82 game, 82 points type player. That's just not what he'll become. But at the same time, 
45, 50 points. You could have much worse. Yeah, I guess. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see what Edmonton... Now that you said I'm really hoping Edmonton doesn't win the draft lottery right now. I really hope so. I'm going to have a failed day if Edmonton wins. Oh, God. Well, you know, anyway, we'll just wrap it up. Um, you know, give us your playoff predictions. Um, we're happy to do we We'll write down our playoff predictions, and we'll just see after the first round if we got any of those ones right. Um, let us know who you think is going to win the draft lottery. Um, I'm still very... I'm. Going through my mind right now, if Edmonton wins it, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have so much fun if Edmonton wins. Oh uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, just give it, give us your thoughts. You know about you know, man games lost, play that you've your team's lost for the entire season, and you know just hit us up for anything, anything about hockey, something that we should talk about. Um, I know we really wanted to talk about the CWHL stuff, but I don't think me and Olsen are really the best people to oh, talk no, about definitely it. Not. But yeah, if there's anything guys you want us want to um want us to talk, uh, want to hear us talk about, just you know, shoot us a DM, you know. Uh we're on Twitter. We're on um we're on I don't know, what are we on Austin? I don't deal with that. We're on Twitter, we're on Twitter. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Um, just kind of especially Twitter. Yeah. And um, you know, if you guys are able to, we'd love to hear where you guys listen to our podcast. You know, we're all over the place. We're on Spotify. We're on Anchor. We're on uh, iTunes. We're on, I think we're on Google Play. I'm not sure if we're on Google. I think we're on Google Play somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I think um, we're on over, was it over, Overcast, I think? Podstitcher, you know, all the big ones. Anything that Anywhere has, you find as if your or cast. I remember we said that before. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we went with. And yeah, thank you for listening. And, um, yeah, have a good day, good evening, good morning, wherever you are. Yeah, and uh, we're sorry that we're recording so late. Normally, we try to get them out like on the weekends and everything, but you know our schedules this weekend just weren't the greatest. So we're sorry that's, that's on late. me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, everyone, have a good day, good night, whatever time you're listening at this, and uh, we'll see you next weekend. The Bag of Pucks Podcast. Follow us at bop underscore pod for more random hockey news.